The Vital Way, where ancient wisdom meets the cutting edge to optimize your vitality and performance. There are no right ways, just better ways. Welcome everyone to The Vital Way podcast. We have another exciting interview for you today uh, on a topic that's pretty near and dear to my heart, uh, micronutrients, and we'll be diving into a lot of details that you probably haven't heard before. Today with me on the call, we have Mira and Jason Calton. Uh, the Caltons are among the world's leading experts on the topics of weight management, lifestyle medicine, and micronutrient deficiency. Their high success rate working with adults and children to achieve sustainable weight loss and reverse health and disease conditions has made their consultancy highly sought after by celebrities, athletes, and top corporate executives around the world. It is their belief that becoming micronutrient sufficient is the first step towards preventing and reversing many of today's most prevalent health conditions and diseases. They're the authors of Rich Food, Poor Food, and Naked Calories, as well as their new book, which we'll be talking about in a little bit of detail today, The Micronutrient Miracle. So first off, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having us, Logan. It's a pleasure, Logan. Thanks. Excellent. Uh, so, like I said, we're going to cover a lot with micronutrients, and I think it's an important topic because 95% of the attention in nutrition is on macronutrients. Every diet out there is high fat, low fat, high protein, low protein, high carb, low carb, no carb, or some combination of these things. But when it comes to health, what I found is that the micronutrients are far more important. And you guys, having written a book on the subject, I'm sure you agree. So, what led you into this focusing on micronutrients? Well, absolutely. Um, first, I love that you say that it's more important because that's our stance completely. Um, we started looking at micronutrients. For me, it was out of, out of necessity. I was um, a publicist in New York City in my 20s, and by the time I got to my 30th birthday, I wasn't feeling very well. I was just really exhausted, and my back started to ache, and my hips and my joints started hurting, and I tried to ignore it for a really long time like most people do. They don't want to face anything being wrong with them. And uh, it got just so bad to the point that I literally was not walking anymore. I was having everything delivered to my apartment. I wasn't seeing clients. And I had to go see the doctor finally. My 30th birthday, I went to the doctor, and I was diagnosed with advanced osteoporosis. Hmm. So I had the bone density of an 80-year-old when I turned 30. Um, uh, I started, you know, they told me to take a whole bunch of medications. And the only other thing they told me was to look at calcium. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at the medications, and I read the list of the other things that I, I was probably going to have happen in my body and the, the horrible ramifications of the medications. And I was like, yeah, that, that's not for me. Okay, what's, what's this calcium thing? And started doing some research on calcium, and that sort of led me to, oh, okay, calcium, bones, I get it, a little bit. And then magnesium, whoa, what's this magnesium thing? How'd that sneak in here? And I started being introduced to the micronutrients in that way, and I started to think that they were important. So I looked for a doctor who had some background in micronutrients and um, who was willing to look at the micronutrients as a possible reasoning for my being sick. And uh, two years later, we worked on a micronutrient therapy protocol for me. After two years, I didn't even have osteopenia. I have no osteoporosis, and we had completely reversed my disease. Um, luckily he was cute and, um, brilliant and I married him. Uh, so, <laughs> so it was a double bonus, but, um, now I'm just so passionate because had I not learned about the amazing miraculous power of micronutrients to heal the body, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I, and now it's my job. It's my mission. It's my obligation to make sure that other people realize that they can not only just reverse things that are already happening to them, but they can prevent it which is really the goal. We want to make sure that nobody goes down my path. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that, I liked what I was reading just in your the intro there. You talk about that they're health and disease conditions, and uh, people seem to so often, and I guess this is part of our medical establishment, but if they think they they have a disease that it's for a lifetime, but, you know, so I, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people reversing things that aren't reversible, right? Absolutely, and, and or they blame it on genetics. Right. You know, and we're yeah. just like, please, you know, they're called lifestyle diseases for a reason. You did it because of your lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, on the topic of diet, a lot of people with going one way with their diet or another, they focus on certain types of food groups, uh, focusing on eating some and focusing on getting rid of uh, others. For instance, with 
vegetarians, they stop eating meat. Vegans go further with no dairy as well. But paleo people, they cut out the dairy, at least some of them. Some of them include that. And, uh, but all grains are a bad thing. And when I've looked at the micronutrients in different types of food, uh, I noticed that different food groups like these, they tend to concentrate some of the micronutrients while not having the others. For instance, meat having much more zinc in it, while that's a lot rarer in the sort of vegetable kingdom, all the things there. Um, and if you get rid of something like this, it can lead to, can this lead to deficiencies? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, the, the short answer to this is, of course, you know, anytime you cut out an entire food category, uh, whether it be an entire macronutrient group, maybe like some of the extreme low carbers, or, you know, if it's just, you know, specific foods uh, like, let's say, grain in with a paleo dieter, yeah, you're going to miss out on the those associated micronutrients as well. And and I, I love that you talk about it at the very beginning about the 95% of, you know, nutrition is really focused on those macronutrients, the carbs, fats, and the proteins, because that's where I used to be. And I used mm-hmm. to be right there. I used to, I call it the macronutrient wars. And you know, and it seems like each each decade there's a new winner. Right now, paleo is, is ahead of the game, but it wasn't long ago that the plant-based died, and then it was Atkins, and then it was low fat, you know. And it's really confusing to the consumer. It's confusing to all of us out there who are trying desperately to learn what we need to know about nutrition so that we can protect our health and we can, we can, we can prevent disease. And like you said, we can reverse disease. And so that's what, you know, after we reversed Mira's osteoporosis, and it wasn't easy, but like she said, it took two years. And, but two years reversing osteoporosis, this is a medical condition that's considered still today by medical professionals to be irreversible. They can, mm-hmm. they, they'll, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, we can slow down the, the, the deterioration or we can prevent to a certain extent some of the fracturing through medication. But as far as reversing it through eating proper food, that's just unheard of. So what that did to me was it really opened my eyes and made me really look in this other direction to the micronutrients. And one of the things that we did um, is we traveled around the world for seven years to 135 countries to research very specifically living with remote tribes to research the diet and the lifestyle that they were using to create this amazing optimal health that they all had. I mean, these, some of these tribes that we went to, they didn't, they wouldn't know the first thing about what heart disease is or what diabetes is or obesity or all these different health conditions and diseases that we're suffering from. So that really made me start to think, and both of us start to think, well, maybe we're missing the mark entirely. Maybe what we need to do is start kind of a micronutrient movement in this country. Let's start talking about creating, and it's never the sexy thing, right? I mean, when you're building a building and you need this, the, the architect brings you into the office and he shows you this, the, this high rise with all these amazing windows and the views and the detail, they never talk to you about the foundation of that building. But that's really what we need to talk so without about. Without the foundation, that's falling down. That's, yeah, <laughs> that building's not going to go far without a great foundation, and that's you know, that's the part that we felt was missing in nutritional um, education today with, you know, with, with the masses. We need to talk about that foundation and what is it? What is it that needs to be in place for optimal health to take place? And so, you know, and that, and that brings us back to that question you asked. So if a person says, well, I'm going to be a, I'm a, I'm a vegan or I'm a paleo or I'm a low carb, that's great. That's your, that's your what we call your dietary philosophy. And oftentimes those dietary philosophies change over a period of time. We want to talk to people about, and in the Micronutrient Miracle, we start at the very beginning and we get down to the nitty gritty and we talk about the foundation of optimal health. What every single person needs to have in place if you want to ultimately achieve optimal health, no matter what your dietary philosophy is. And one of the things that we did is we studied all the dietary philosophies. And I'll tell you something, there isn't a single one of them out there that provides all the essential micronutrients that you need. They're all lacking in something or in some micronutrients or another. So that kind of puts us all at an even playing field to start to understand and say, okay, well, no matter what diet I'm on, I better find out which of the micronutrients I'm I'm probably going to be deficient in based on what I'm eliminating. And then I'm going to apply the three steps that we'll talk about later today so that I can become sufficient and I can create that, that foundation of optimal health. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people have looked at something, if they're looking at the nutrition facts on the panel of whatever they're eating, they'll see like, oh, the RDA or RDI, you know, the names change for that. And I remember back in my high school 
health class, they're talking about, oh, if you have more than 100% of vitamin C, then you're just going to, you know, piss away the rest of it. So you only need that 100%. And I, I felt that that was wrong at the time, but I didn't know it at the time. Uh, now, of course, I know a little bit better, but could you talk about just how wrong that is and why that is the case? Well, there's a couple of reasons why. You may only, you know, first of all, those numbers are only the amount that's required by your body. If your body could keep it all, that's the amount that's required by your body in order to not get a deficiency disease like C and scurvy or D and rickets. That doesn't mean that anything else is going to work. That just means that you got minimum wage and you're not killing over dying. So, um, yeah, it's great to have that amount. But, like, let's just see, for example, say you took the 100% of C in and then you went and you got, you know, yelled at by your boss. Well, that's really stressful. And that's going to use up a ton of your vitamin C just dealing with that stress. So even if you ate enough, it's gone now. So it's, it doesn't really work that way. And that's part of the thing that people forget. The first part of the equation is to get enough of the micronutrients in through food. But the second part is that life robs it from you by every single thing that happens throughout your entire day. So you better start way above the line, way above RDA, before life happens in order to finally get above RDA at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I've always thought of those that's like you were saying, it's the minimum amounts you need, but it, they, they need a optimal number <laughs> that should be on there as well. I think that would help some people out. Yeah, and absolutely. It depends on someone's lifestyle. I mean, mm-hmm. some people are going to require a lot more iron, say, for example, if they're an athlete. Some mm-hmm. people are going to require a lot more of other specific micronutrients, you know, the B vitamins, if they're living a really stressful life. If you live in a polluted, crowded city, you better get those antioxidants in really high because that's what's going to save you from all that toxic load. So it really, the cool thing about this book that we're so stoked about is that we literally ask you to check yourself. Like, here's all the habits you might have. Which ones are they depleting? Which ones do you have? And which, which micronutrients are they depleting? And you get to literally go through it and say, okay, I, I'm look, I, yeah, I do this, I do this, I do this. And you get to sort of look at your own micronutrient depletion and get a real clue as to which micronutrients you might really be falling short on. And I think that's a really important lesson for people to look at because I don't think people realize just how intense micronutrient depletion is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're used for everything. So if you do things, then you got to watch out for it. That's that's one of the things I liked about your book. You really go into a lot of detail and through the book and going through those tests, you can get an idea of what you may need more of or less of uh, according to your lifestyle. Um, something that I've heard is, and many people have probably heard this, there's certain things that a wide variety, like 80, 90% of the population is deficient in things like magnesium or omega-3 fatty acids. What are the, some of the other ones that you've come across that just a wide range of people are, uh, suffering deficiency from and should be aware of? Yeah, well, you know, we have to go with the, we, you know, we, we follow, we've, we get this data from the USDA's own data, which they publish. Um, and, you know, how realistic that is, I don't know. But let's start there, at least, as our, as our starting point to figure out how deficient we may be. And when you look at their own numbers, you're talking about 96% of Americans are deficient in vitamin D. 96%. That's basically everybody <laughs> is deficient. And one of the most important hormones, or we call, it, we, it's actually a hormone, but we call it a vitamin, vitamin D, you know, and it, it's been, vitamin D deficiency has been implicated in all kinds of health conditions from different types of cancers. Obviously, Mira mentioned rickets, osteoporosis, so all kinds of different things. Another really big one, potassium. 93% of the population is deficient in potassium, and it goes on and on and on. The thing of it is, is that that's why we say micronutrient deficiency is the most widespread and dangerous health condition of the 21st century. It's the most widespread because even if you take every single person on the planet in the United States today with cancer, diabetes, hypertension, and osteoporosis, and you put them all together, it doesn't equal it equals just half of the number of people who are deficient in their essential micronutrients. Wait, let's just put that in perspective again, because if people are listening right now, people see on the news all the time, cancer, oh, my God, it's affecting everyone. Everyone knows someone with cancer. It's this horrible disease, and it's true. Osteoporosis, oh, again, it's, it's, it's running rampant these days. Um, heart disease, again, you read about it in the paper. You see studies done on the news all the time. 
and diabetes. I mean, these are things that you you can't escape hearing about how bad these are. But if you add up all the people suffering from any single one of those, it's half the number of people who currently have micronutrient deficiencies, and yet no one is talking about it. And you know, I think the other side of that coin, I said it's the most widespread, and we said it's the most dangerous. Why? Because here's a scientific fact. Micronutrients are so powerful that being deficient in even one can kill you. I mean, the majority of the deaths that were suffered from people, our, our ancestors, and not that far past, were coming from micronutrient deficiencies. Take scurvy, which is, of course, the deficiency in vitamin C you talked about, killed the hundreds of thousands of people. Deficiencies in vitamin B1 is called beriberi. It killed hundreds of thousands of people. Pellagra, the deficiency in vitamin B3 or niacin, again, combined, these killed millions of people. And at that time, the scientists were looking around, scratching their head, trying to figure it out. They thought it was bacterial infection. It wasn't. It was micronutrient deficiencies. Flash forward to the 21st century, and we're all still running around scratching our heads wondering, why are we getting osteoporosis and diabetes and hypertension? These are not bacterial infections either, and they're not viral. They're lifestyle, and they have their base in micronutrient deficiencies. And so if we can start to understand that, then we, then we, have, we begin to have the power to be able to control our health. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. So the old diseases are, that people died from were, were just very big deficiencies of these, like you're saying, very, very pellagra. Uh, all those, but now we're still, we may have covered those bases, like when they uh, enriched uh, breads and pastas and stuff in order to give the base level amount, but we're still suffering from the same sort of deficiencies, just not quite on that same level. So now uh, uh, different diseases are coming about from that. Exactly. And the weird thing is, it's actually those diseases are coming back. We're so backwards right now that rickets is a huge problem in Northern England right now and in mm. Scotland and Ireland. So it's like this, they're coming back and we already know the cure and yet we're somehow yeah. not paying that much attention. Yeah, I think you made a really excellent point, and this is something I think the listeners could, can really benefit from. These were micronutrient deficiencies of a single micronutrient, and they, they, they presented themselves as these specific diseases. What we're seeing today is we're seeing culmination diseases of, of, of multiple micronutrient deficiencies. So, like, so, you could, so somebody can go to the Internet right now and Google the DASH diet, and they can, they can, they can look at what the DASH for diet for hypertension, which is the diet for hypertension, and they, there's a huge research group, and these are we're talking about some of the best research schools and foundations in the world. And they came together and they said, you know what? We've boiled down hypertension to three things: a deficiency in calcium, magnesium, and potassium. So, so you see, our lifestyle diseases are created from multiple deficiencies. Same thing with osteoporosis. It isn't one micronutrient, it's multiple micronutrients. Same thing with, you know, with all the different health conditions and We've diseases. We've made Swiss cheese out of our health. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what makes them even more complicated because before it was, hey, we give you a, you know, a, a tablespoon of lime juice and all of a sudden we don't have scurvy anymore. It isn't as simple with these diseases, but it really is the same root cause. So one thing I've noticed in studying the, the micronutrients is uh, our science is ever evolving uh, with vitamin D, you know, that used to just be, oh, that's for bone health. Now we know, you know, activates the genes for everything. Basically, just about any process in the body, vitamin D is kind of important. Now, kind of newer on the scene, vitamin K. Originally, that was just thought for blood clotting, but now we find it does a whole bunch more. So a couple questions. Uh, is this going to keep happening? I mean, how far along are we in our nutrition science, really? Do we know what we're doing? And what are some of your predictions about what we'll find in the near future? Ooh, this is a fun one. So, um, yeah, we're in our infancy. I mean, that's just the truth. We basically, we just started discovering micronutrients, the vitamins and the minerals in 1912. So it's not, it's, it's not even, well, it's just 100 years now, basically, since they even first found vitamin A, A being the first one, thus named A. And now, I mean, People think, like, you know, the multivitamin must have been around forever. Multivitamins? Well, you know, McDonald's, robots, electric shavers, and car stereos all existed before the multivitamin. Hmm. That's crazy to think about. We think that this is like, you know, you know, why doesn't anyone have a great multivitamin? Well, they've been around forever. No, the mid-1930s is when we started making them. So there's so many examples of this. Like, example, you brought up with K. K, everyone used to say, yeah, K's in that leafy green stuff. Well, yeah, there's AK in that, there's K1 in that, 
But that's right. not the one that's going to do so many other things for your heart. That's K2. And, and we only just started finding out about that and how K2 is going to help the, your bones. That We just started talking about that. And then vitamin E is one of my favorite ones because everyone had it so wrong with vitamin E. Vitamin E and on a lot of multivitamins and supplements, they still only give you one form. It's a DL tocopherol, which is DL alpha tocopherol is what they give you. And that's like a synthetic form. So that's where mm-hmm. we used to be the standard. And a few years ago, someone said, you know what, that gives people cancer. Um, so <laughs> people sort of moved away from that one, and they started just doing um, alpha tocopherol. Well, the natural kind of the same form. But then, you know, we're getting so much further than that. You know, there's eight forms of vitamin E, eight forms. And these tocopherols everyone thought, which is half of the family, there's actually tocotrinols. And they're like supercharged tocopherols. They're so much stronger. They have much more antioxidant powder, power. And yet, everyone just thought of vitamin E as having certain benefits. But now, the newest studies are actually like, there's parts of vitamin E of the tocotrinol family, which are actually incredible at uh, making sure there's no erosion to bone surface, to the surface of your bones. So it's amazing. The micronutrients that we thought we knew, and they're so much more broad, and there's so much more about how they react together and, and when they should be taken and which ones they get along and which ones fight each other than we ever thought before. We are just starting to learn now. And it is incredibly exciting for us because, we get to learn new things about them every day and then share them with everyone. But it's amazing, and it's constantly changing. I don't know. Where do you think it's going to go, Jay? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. I think we're at, you know, we're at the beginning of the golden age of the micronutrients. We're at Univac, you know. We're right now, we've got that big, clunky, you know, <laughs> Univac computer that takes up a whole store, you know, a whole floor on the, on the thing. And we, and within almost that same amount of time, or maybe even faster, you know, within 10 to 20 years, what's going, where we're going to go with micronutrients therapy and what we're going to learn about nutrition, you know, it's going to be very exciting to be part of that because I think we're really going to make vast jumps ahead and in, in the ability to be able to, to be healthy um, by understanding this. Like Mira said, we're just beginning to understand some, some micronutrients, you know, are only just becoming even considered essential. Choline, you know, is a brand new essential <laughs> micronutrient. I mean, we're, we're just starting to understand yeah. them. Uh, so we're really kind of at that beginning stages, but I think we're going to get we're going to get places really fast now that this now that people are starting to really look at this and take it seriously. Yeah. And the cool thing is, like, we're you know, we always work with people on micronutrient therapy and we get to see how quickly the results are. And mm-hmm. it's amazing to us. We're always amazed. Like, I'm, I'm floored constantly <laughs> because it, you know, someone will be like, you know, I've been suffering for, you know, about a year and a half with anxiety, and then literally a week later, they're going out of the house, and they're happy, and their 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 life has changed. And nothing else, no medication you're going to give them, nothing is going to do that and be sustainable like supplementation and like proper micronutrient therapy. And so that to us is, you know, I think once these stories get out and once people are trying it and once science catches up to it, I think that it's going to be really the next age that we go into. Yeah, that brings up a good point that I've heard stories, you know, people, when they correct some of these deficiencies, like their personality can change because, like I said, there's just so many things that they're doing. Uh, There is one specific thing that's kind of also new on the scene in the science, but could you talk about folic acid, folate, and the MTHFR mutation? We've seen this pop up in a number of places, and I'd also like your input on is this especially important to look for with uh, prenatal care because that's one of the things that's always recommend, recommended to pregnant mothers, but if it's the wrong form, uh, then what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much your audience knows about us, and I, I'm, I'm imagining a lot of people out there saying, what, MTHFR? What in the world is this stuff? And yeah, but see, this is, this is where it's going. This is, this is how deep the science is. So this MTHFR mutation uh, is kind of new. It's it's something that really people just started talking about a few years ago. Now you're not going to find uh, so so what you want to find look for in your multivitamin is something called met, uh, methyl tetrahydrofolate, which is usually seen under five MTHF, and that's a form of folate that doesn't require enzymatic conversion 
to to the biologically active form. So it's already in its biologically active form, and which is very different than what you probably will find on your multivitamin or your prenatal, which is folic acid. Folic acid being a man-made synthetic version of folate. That and and there was a good reason why they used it in the multivitamins up until now. And that's because it has almost 100% better absorption than regular folate, folate that you might get from food. And so because absorption is so important to prevent spina bifida, uh, especially with pregnant women, they, they said, well, let's use this synthetic version because it's so much better absorbed. But the problem is maybe, maybe as high as uh, 34% of the U.S. population may have that genetic. Well, now they're saying up to 60. Well, it, it, it's 34, 34% is, yeah. is what, what was published in the Journal of Epidemiology. But other people are suggesting that up to 60% of the population may now be affected. So if you are taking a multivitamin with folic acid in it now, or you're just taking folic acid for whatever reason, you probably do want to start looking into the 5-MTHF. Yeah, I mean, um, if it's one in three minimum people, you know, it, just be smart about it. Just be like, okay, I might as well get the better thing because you could be one of those three. So it's like, why waste your money? So what we did in the book is we actually have an entire chapter on just supplementation because we wanted people to stop wasting money on, on their supplements. So we, what we did is we gave them every nutrient that we want you to be, that we think is essential. And then we told you which form and how much, because it should be that easy. You should be able to just grab the list and go shopping or look at what's already in your house and decide whether or not it's any good. And so that's the form that we say for that. But we go over each and every form in the book because we really wanted to be completely thorough and we give you the research behind each one as well. That's another thing is the book is like beyond research. I mean, there's chapters of it. So <laughs> if you want to look up studies, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about uh, supplements in a little bit, but one question before that. Uh, so you mentioned in your book, you have those different charts and tests you can basically do to see if you might be micronutrient deficient. But what do you recommend as far as, you know, getting the exact numbers, hair mineral tests, blood testing? Uh, what is it that you guys do? Uh, we believe in something called spectra cell test. So uh, some people like going to the doctor and getting the blood test done. Problem with that is that most doctors give you a very general blood test, which measures exactly what's in your blood right at this moment. Not what mm -hmm. it's doing in your body, just what's in your blood. This is really problematic, and I'm going to tell you a story that just happened to us, which is why we are so against regular typical blood testing. First, they only give you a, a couple different micronutrients. They might test you for calcium, magnesium, iron, B12. That's really D. That's really the extent of it. Um, mm -hmm. But we had a client, which wasn't a client at the time. She wrote to me on Facebook, actually, and she said, you know, I've been following you for a little while, and... I went to the doctor, I got my blood work done, and he told me that I'm healthy and that my vitamin D was a little low, but my calcium was fine. She said, but then I was listening to you talk, Miran, and you said that, you know, and I read your book and, and you were saying that basically you had, um, you can't, that certain things that you eat, you need to be taking enough calcium in to have good enough levels. She's like, but I'm vegan. And I know that I don't eat anything with any calcium in it. She's like, so that was strange. How could my blood be okay? So we talked a little, and she said, I also eat a lot of things with phytic acid because I'm a vegan, so I have a lot of beans and grains. And she said, I read in your book that all these things deplete your body of uh, the calcium that I might be needing. And so she said, so I decided that I should probably go to the doctor and study, look a little further. So I, I asked my doctor if I could get a DEXA scan, which is how you get your bones tested. And she found out she had advanced osteoporosis and, and scoliosis already. So what happened was they tested her blood and it came back fine. Well, that's because it was leaching out of her bones. Mm -hmm. So that's not a good test. So that's not the test, the general doctor's test that we wanted to have. There's something called a spectrocell test. Uh, and we go into a whole bunch of other problems with the regular test in the book. There's about three or four other issues. If, you're, if your body's under any stress, that's going to make certain micronutrients look more, more prominent than they are. Or, you know, there's all sorts of problems with that. But we like SpectraCell because it looks at not just what is in your blood. It's still a blood test, but it actually looks at how it's performing in your body, and it gives you all of the micronutrients. So that to us is a really much better test. Also in the book, we have our 
personal micronutrient sufficiency test that we give to all of our personal clients, it's, it kind of reverses engineers the, the micronutrient blood test. So you don't need a blood test for it. But what we do is we ask you questions about what you're putting into your body, your lifestyle, your current supplementation habits. And, you know, we've honed this now over many, many years and compared it with our clients' actual blood tests to see how that, how this does. And this is a pretty basic test. It gives you a good idea of where you fall on, on our micronutrient sufficiency deficiency scale. And that is included in the book. And we have recently created a new, really uh, kind of <laughs> high-tech version of that. We call the micronutrient matrix, which which is uh, very accurate. And it is, it, it's just kind of a, a really... There's a whole really, lot of questions. Yeah, a whole lot of questions. <laughs> it's like that one on steroids, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, and we are we're going to be offering that very soon as well. So and it gives and it, 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 the results are almost identical to what we're getting back on the spectra cell. So if people don't want to do blood work, they can do it that way too. Wow, wow, pretty cool. Yeah, that's just a lot of fun to make. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that more. I'd like to get some testing done with me. So uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit more specifically on supplementation because I know I get asked this a whole lot. So kind of a softball question here, but what's wrong with the the many one-a-day commercials, multivitamins and minerals that are out there? Like let's name names, Centrum or stuff like that. <laughs> let's name names. You want to name names? Let's name the ones that didn't even um, didn't even um, dissolve in, uh, for disintegration tests. So what we did is we we started to study multivitamins and we said, okay, What's wrong with the multivitamin? And we actually did a lot of work on this, and we brought it down to four flaws. There are four flaws in the typical multivitamin. And they were like, okay, let's make it easy for people to remember. So we made it this way. It's the ABCs with ABCS of optimal supplementation guidelines. And the A, the B, the C, and the S are all problems that many of them have. So we'll start with the first one. That's A. That's absorption. So most of them don't absorb. Like the first step in absorption is it has to disintegrate in your body in order for your body to reabsorb it. So they did a test and they, and they decided that they were going to test so many of the really popular companies and put them through a disintegration test to see if they would actually disintegrate uh, in conditions similar to your stomach in the amount of time needed, which is about 20 minutes. And they found that more than 50% of them did not even dissolve. Yeah, let's let I mean this information's in the book, but because you said you wanted to name some names, I want you just just so the listeners know that this Don't this was buy. this was this was a study that was actually published in the Journal of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Science. So it's we're not talking about some willy nilly study. This is really uh, the real deal here. They looked at forty nine multivitamins, and it was twenty five of them, which is equals to fifty one percent, did not disintegrate, and the worst performers and here 's the actual name brand so if you 're taking one of these, <laughs> you may want to think twice Kirkland signature formula, which That's- is the, the Costco brand, new life ultimate one for men trophic trophic s i s u only one super Swiss one, and you get this one g n c mega man, all of which failed to disintegrate at all. So, you know, you're not talking about vitamins that you may never have heard of before. Literally, you got a 50-50 chance at it even disintegrating. And who cares what forms are in them or what the <laughs> amount is? We don't even get to that point. We're not even get to the point where potential absorption takes place with these vitamins, which is, again, you know, people are going to, they're listening now, they maybe remember about a year ago, Forbes magazine and Times Ma- Time magazine, they came out and they said, you know, this is the end of the multivitamin. You know, are they actually even good for us? Could they be causing harm? And this is, you know, here's why this is this is the reason why, <laughs> you know, we don't you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. What we have to start to understand is that we didn't have the technology. Like Mira said, the first multivitamin was only 80 years ago, 80 years ago. And so one of the things we, we have to wonder where it says, is it possible that the failure of the multivitamin may be from a lack of redesign and upgrading rather than from a failure of the individual micronutrients themselves? And I think once we start to study them in all the literature, when you study the individual micronutrients, those individual micronutrients come back with amazing, miraculous results. As soon as you put them all together in a multivitamin and researchers do do their research, nothing happens. So think (laughs) about that. There's connections there. There are things that are happening. Those micronutrients didn't become just, you know, duds all of a sudden. There's some kind of communication, competition, something going on when you put them all together that's not allowing them to perform their job. And that's really the research that we've tried to, to do with these ABCs. So the first one's obviously absorption, because if they didn't disintegrate, there's no chance that they're doing anything for you at all. Mm-hmm. The B stands for beneficial quantities and forms. 
So like we were talking about with vitamin E and like we were talking about with vitamin K and, and folate there, there's better forms than other forms. And some are cheaper and some are more expensive, and that's why manufacturers choose them. So we like to say it's like buying a car. You know, you want to make sure that you're getting the, a good car. Some are faster. Some are more reliable. You want to make sure that your car is, is, is what you want it to be. So it's like that with supplements. You, you, know, you don't want to be buying a Yugo but paying for a Porsche. Um, the price tag is not what you should go by. You need to understand the different beneficial quantities and forms, how much of a certain thing should be in there and what form it should be. So that's beneficial quantities and forms, and we really lay it out there. We have a checklist for the A, a checklist for the B, and a checklist for the CNS in the book where you can actually look at your product and go against what we have outlined in our supplementation guide. Now, C is really where supplemental science is going to make a big uh, – I think this is a game changer. C and S stand for micronutrient competition and micronutrient synergy. And when we, were, when we first started to try to put together the pieces to how we were going to get Mira's body to absorb the vitamins and minerals that she needed in order to, re, to, to reverse her osteoporosis, we needed to start at ground zero, and we needed to start to understand how each member of the micronutrient family – interacted with each other and it's a lot like families you know you if you if you have a big family and you have family events you know that you know when when Anna Agnes walks (laughs) in the front door and you know uncle you know Bob looks up and you know there's bad blood there you know what I mean they just don't get along and then there's other people that you're like oh my god I can't wait to see you again and you just and you and you have a real affinity for well that's the same thing with micronutrients and what we learned is that science knew something that the public wasn't aware of. And, and actually, you know who knows this more than almost anybody? Pharmacists. One of the big things that pharmacists learn in school is about what we call my, uh, antagonisms. Antagonisms between drugs, antagonisms between drugs and food, and antagonisms between food and food, or micronutrients in that food with other micronutrients. And although there was a ton of research done, I, we never learned about a lot of these antagonisms before. So Mira and I started to look through the research, and we started to pay, look at what micronutrients are known to compete with each other for absorption size, for absorption into the body. And what we learned was in the average multivitamin, there's about 45 competitions that go, go together. So we started separating them like Matt. I would give Mira you know, three or four micronutrient, individual micronutrients that didn't show any competition before breakfast, another three or four after. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was almost 10,000 pills a year that she had to take because we had to separate them all. But what we learned was that there's some, there's some very basic uh, micronutrient competitions that are well-known. And once you get rid of those competitions, once you separate the micronutrients so that they don't compete with each other, you really get enhanced absorption and utilization. Wow, that's very cool because I've, I've definitely heard about you know, certain micronutrients need to be in proper ratios with one another, calcium, magnesium, but like vitamin D works better when you have A and K, but that's, that's very interesting that they can compete as well as sometimes have synergy. Yeah, it so, actually happens at like four different times. So it actually can happen in simply in the manufacturing. It's not just absorption in your body. Like certain micronutrients, and a lot of people drink those like vitamin water, so that's just sort of a warning out to all those people. Um, a lot of certain micronutrients, when they're put into a liquid or an aqueous solution um, and they're left, they form insoluble salts. So it's actually bad for your body rather than good. Um, and that's what they load up into a lot of these vitamin waters, a lot of these B vitamins. So you just, that's not a good way to take them. <laughs> just, just a warning. Things sitting in liquid, um, unless done with a, real, a lot of formulation intelligence, uh, are probably not going to be good for you. Interesting. <laughs> so you guys put together your own uh, supplement based on all this knowledge that includes anything, uh, a couple questions. One, do you take your own stuff? Because I feel that's important in anyone selling something. So just want to make sure there. But also, uh, is this something that you're constantly updating as uh, new science and new tests and experiments come to light? Yeah. Well, first of all, absolutely. We take nutrients twice a day, every day, without fail. I would so never a- go, go against Yeah, it. so there's an AM and a PM packet. When he says twice a day, it's simply because those competitions that we were talking about, you have to separate those annoying, those ones that don't get along. So there's an AM packet and a PM packet to take care of that. But yeah, every day, twice a day. Yeah, and and um, it, yeah, and we didn't just formulate a multivitamin. You know, we didn't because we feel like you know if somebody else is doing it, then we would just want to promote that. But if you know, we looked and looked and looked, and we could not find another multivitamin that even addressed these issues. So we decided to go. We got it. We actually have a U.S. patent 
on the technology um, that, that, you know, our product is so unique that it, it was actually granted a patent. Um, and, 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 to, and they don't take that lightly, those guys. They're kind of real serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they call you a lot, and they want to see a lot of studies, and they, they're real dry. Um, but, yeah, six years it took to get that patent, and now yeah. we are the patent holder on anti-competition technology. Yeah, and we do upgrade it. I mean, when we first started with nutrients, we included folic acid. And actually, one of our good friends, Dave Asprey, the Bulletproof executive, was one of the first ones to kind of talk to us. Him and his wife said, you know, you guys ever think about, you know, the genetic mutation? And, and so we decided we looked into it and we said, you know what, that's it's really important. And we updated nutrients to now include 5-MTHF. So we're always doing that. Yeah, it's the nice thing about really loving your company and loving your job is that you know, we're always doing the research and we can turn around and make the changes really quickly because this is our full-time thing. We're not some company that, you know, has 7,000 different products. We make three key products and we are constantly making them better. So supplementation is great and I definitely encourage everyone to take a look at this, get the book and everything and uh, I guarantee you'll learn a lot. A question I have because I always come from a more natural perspective, you know, if you're eating foods and it's good quality food, it's one going to have a lot more micronutrients, but it's kind of naturally going to have those sort of ratios and things aren't generally going to compete and that sort of thing. But in this day and age, our environment, how it is, uh, first of all, do we need more micronutrients than we would in the past, say, as a hunter and gatherer because of overstressing everything? And secondly, is it possible to even get an adequate amount of micronutrients uh, in your opinion, without supplements? And if so, what would it take to do that? Yeah. Well, first, like you, we are food first people, too. We believe in the power of real whole food. And, you know, no, at least in supplemental science, at least today, I don't believe we're ever going to be able to match what you can get from food. So we always tell people, start with the best quality food that you absolutely can, because that's your first line of defense against disease. Um, we redid the research. We looked at the diets. We... Um, no is the answer. I do not believe that you <laughs> can know. you can get the micronutrients that we need in the 21st century with our modern diet if you are a person living in a in in in, in the real world. Meaning if you're if you live out in you know in in the Yucatan and you know I'm sorry, the Yukon up in Canada, and you're growing all your own food, and you're doing all these different things, and you're, and you're a million miles away from everybody else, you're probably going to get pretty good food quality. But, but, but the food that we buy at our grocery stores, the food that's been processed, the foods that are you know, being raised in, in, uh, in unnatural environments and being fed unnatural food uh, themselves, like these, these, these animals, the chickens and the cows and the, and the genetically modified fish that we now all eat um, – they do not provide the, the basic nutrition. No, we don't need more micronutrients than our ancestors did. Well, we do, actually. I'll actually say, disagree a little bit. In terms of the toxic stress that's on our environment today, we're probably being demanded more um, just to try to get out just the fragrances and the toxins and the, the, you know, all those different things that we come into contact with every day. There were no glyphosates robbing your food. There were no all these different things that we have to deal with today. Um, and certainly when we lived with the tribes, there was probably a lot less stress on the average afternoon. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I was going to say <laughs> that, you know, there, there's still a lot of stress from being, almost, you know, almost eaten by a tiger. So I believe that there was probably a lot of stress from our ancestors, too. But one of the things that they did is they their food was so much richer in the micronutrients. And when you really think about it, you know, again, you, we always like to look at real world Things and, and if you look at the size of animals in the past, I mean, you, you think about the, even the size of in, in, in Florida, researchers are digging up armadillos the size of elephants. You know, I mean, there used to be much larger versions of our animals and it would have taken a lot more micronutrients in the soil and in the plants and in the different things and even in the foods that they were eating, meat as well, to be able to support that kind of size. And so what we're seeing is the micronutrient levels have gone way down. Stress and, and toxic levels and everything may, may have gone up, like Mira pointed out. We, we may be dealing with a lot more than our ancestors, is certainly when it comes to these toxin environments, chemicals. chemical environments. Um, the, the basic thing is we need a three-prong three approach at this point. We need to be eating the best, most micronutrient-rich food we possibly can. We need to be aware of the lifestyle habits that are depleting us. And unfortunately, in the 21st century, we believe that you definitely need a well-formulated supplement. 
Alright. Good answer. <laughs> so I guess we're coming pretty close to the close here. Uh, and we've definitely addressed a number of uh, different things in the book, but um, what, what sets the micronutrient miracle apart from your previous books? Well, this one's really cool. <laughs> Unlike the others? They're all cool. This is awesome in a different way. So this one basically is a complete protocol. It's going to put you in a state of micronutrient sufficiency by following a micronutrient therapy protocol. And we don't just say, like, there's one way for everyone. We say, what's your goal? Do you have osteoporosis? Do you have heart disease? Do you have autoimmune conditions? Do you have digestive issues? There's nine different protocols in this book. And you can pick your own adventure. You can say, okay, I want to improve on this, or I need to improve on that. And you can actually follow the exact protocol. And each protocol, the food that we suggest to you is based on the specific micronutrients that have been shown to improve and reverse that health condition. So basically, your menu plans for 28 days, your recipes for 20 days, all focus in on exactly what you need to improve what your personal goal is. So that's really exciting in this book. The recipes are amazing. I really – go ahead. No, and the other great thing is you don't have to follow any one dietary protocol you know, or any dietary philosophy. So you can be a person who's a paleo dieter. You could be a plant-based, more vegetarian dieter. You could be a low-fat dieter. That Your dietary philosophy is up to you. This is 28 days of becoming micronutrient sufficient and us focusing you in on the foods that are already included in your protocols that are, have the highest micronutrient level so that you can become micronutrient sufficient you know, in, in a way that's realistic and sustainable for you. Mm-hmm. So I guess going back to the old question, you obviously the standard American diet, <laughs> that's going to be very deficient. But if someone is eating like organic, locally grown foods, uh, you know, supplementing with, say, herbs or superfoods, which tend to have higher micronutrient density, and uh, doing things like this, so very protective of your health, would you still recommend supplementation in many cases just to make sure all the bases are covered? Absolutely. Uh, I haven't met a person yet who is not coming into contact with what we, what we call everyday micronutrient depleters. These are those mm-hmm. things that people don't account for. It's the subtraction part of the equation. So everything you talked about, those are all addition. That's where you're getting your right. food and you're taking it in. But everyday micronutrients can, you know, Depleters are coming in your food. They're robbing you of the micronutrients in the plate themselves. Um, so you might be choosing the best, the best foods, but there's things like phytic acid and tannins. I mean, if you're eating berries, which are very high in antioxidants, you're still getting tannins. So you're robbing yourself of like B1, B9, calcium, iron, magnesium, zinc. Or if you drink green tea or black tea, it's, it's great. There's lots of great stuff in it. But it has caffeine, and that's depleting you of A and B9 and D and iron and calcium. So there's all of these things that you're probably not thinking about that are the stressors. And these are the things that are constantly, you know, getting rid of your micronutrient levels. So, you know, in a perfect world, I would love to tell you, sure, go out, eat your healthy foods, and you're going to be okay. But chances are you're eating the same healthy foods that fit your dietary protocol. Back to where you started this conversation, Logan, at the beginning. Your dietary profile is probably making it so you're choosing the same foods every time, which are probably making it so you're leaving out food areas or have your, you know, are leaving out certain micronutrients. And because of that, you're likely have some deficiencies. Yeah, I think an important point, too, just so people can kind of wrap their heads around how micronutrients work, micronutrients work very much like an orchestra. Yes, you may be getting so, – so imagine that each micronutrient, so your vitamin A and your calcium and your zinc, are equivalent to, let's say, the harp and the flute and the saxophone or whatever it might be in that orchestra. When you're taking in your diet with, that are, have high amounts of your specific micronutrients that are found within your dietary philosophy, that's great. But it doesn't matter if you're trying to, if you're trying to play a song and your entire your, you know, string section is gone, it doesn't matter how many you percussions, know, percussions yeah. <laughs> you've got, it isn't ever going to sound right. If you're deficient in 
even two or three or four of those micronutrients, even though you've got tons of others, it's not like those others are going to like spill over and do the other one's job. They all have a very specific job, just like a saxophone is never going to sound like a harp. You, you, it's, it's never going to do that job, and it's, it, in micronutrients are the same way. It's not about having more. It's about having the, the sp- full spectrum and at least the minimum levels and eventually getting to that optimal level of all of them. Even one deficiency, like we talked about earlier, let's say vitamin C, one deficiency in one micronutrient can cause a disease. So that's really where it becomes, you know, we just want people to understand. It's not about just, you know, eating a superfood or getting a lot of, of, of certain things. You've got to have the minimum of all of them. All right. And that's where supplementation <laughs> can really help, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess just to wrap up here, uh, you guys are right in the middle of the book launch going on and uh, you have something special, some bonuses. That's a really cool thing. Never seen done before to go along with the book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it hasn't ever been done before. And because we believe so much in the power of food and healthy, high quality food, what we decided to do is we decided to go to some food manufacturers and say, you know what? Time to give back. We want you guys to give of your own companies to help support people's desires to be healthier. And what we did is we asked these companies, and they, we were, like, like, completely shocked because they said yes. They said not only yes in a small way. They said yes in huge ways. So every single person who buys a copy of the Micronutrient Miracle before August 31st and sends us their receipt, and we're going to link everything for you below, right, Logan? Yeah, they'll will all be in the show notes, supermanherbs.com slash podcast. You'll be able to find that. Cool. So every single person who buys a kind of book is going to get $200 in gift certificates, same as cash gift certificates, to go shopping for food. So it's like $50 to U.S. wellness meats. That's awesome. And it's $50 for Vital Choice Seafood. Another $50 to Wild Things Seafood and Steaks. And this isn't like it's a... Here's $50, now you have to spend $500. This is just here's $50. Go buy what you want. If you want chicken, get chicken. If you want steak, get steak. If you want tuna fish that's canned, get tuna fish that's canned. Whatever you like, you could go buy. Then we have another um, $25 to Cassandrino's Organic Olive Oil. It's amazing. And we have got $20 to Thrive Market, which is just the coolest store. It's like discounted Whole Foods that comes and delivers to your house. And they're giving you also a two-month membership. So you get all of that for buying a $14 book. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, like, the cool thing is you can give it to, you know, say you've got parents that, like, aren't really healthy, buy them a book and $200 for the groceries. And watch, they'll somewhat get healthier. Um, it's a really great nudge thing to give someone <laughs> as, a, as a way. But also it's just, it's, you know, it makes it so that you ha- don't have any excuse to be eating better, to be living better, and to starting to learn about this pandemic of micronutrient deficiency that no one's been talking about until now. Yeah, I think that's very important. And it's, it's great because that's one of the biggest concerns for people is that, oh, good quality food is expensive. Well, yeah, because it's not crap. It costs a little more to make. <laughs> so this is it's a great way to get started. And I think that's awesome. You buy a book and you get about a week's worth of groceries with it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And they're really great companies. I mean, they came forward. We thought maybe we'd end up with like just enough to match the, t- the, the amount of the book. And they really just gave us amazing gifts for everyone. So we're super psyched. They're our favorite companies that, I mean, why do they do? We know them well. We eat their stuff all the time. Uh, and there really are some of the highest quality we could find. So I think people are going to be really pretty thrilled with it. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you and everyone listening. Definitely go pick up the book. We'll have links to that and everything. I think you'll learn a lot. Like I've been studying this material, but uh, these two, these like you guys are modern day Weston A. Prices <laughs> with what you did going around with. Uh, studying different people. So I, I think it's a huge message that doesn't get enough attention. So uh, pay more attention to your micronutrients. And thank you for joining me today, Mary and Jason. Uh, thank you so much, Logan, for really shining a light on this issue. Thanks, Sam. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening.